Hey everyone, Ryan Smith here. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, welcome to the Threadcast, uh, where we're diving deeper into some of our uh, thoughts that we have throughout the week, uh, especially what we focus in on Sunday. And today we are continuing our uh, theme from the inside out, emotions and the Psalms. And uh, we had a great conversation today at our, in our uh, family gathering. Uh, we talked about gratitude. Um, Robin and Brenda did an incredible job of bringing some insights into it, um, and uh, I think it was a great way to start the week off. And so this is meant to be just kind of a, a deeper dive into gratitude, maybe get you something else to think about as well, and uh, and we can look at it. We are using a psalm to talk about different emotions, and uh, today we're in Psalm 136. Um, and so <clears throat> Psalm 136 is interesting. Um it offers this, uh, I think, a healthy perspective uh, on gratitude. Um, it's a unique psalm because it's actually it was written after Israel's return from exile in Babylon. So this is really 400 years or so after King David lived. Um, it was written specifically for like a worship service and the rebuilt uh, Jewish temple. Uh, um, and so today, this psalm is used by Jewish people as they celebrate Passover. Um, and so each line is followed by the same refrain, which is, His love endures forever. And so a group of singers will sing the first line, and then the congregation will sing the refrain. Um, it's, it's really, uh, I think it's, if you've ever heard it, it's, really, it's a beautiful kind of uh, worship song, if you will. But um, this whole psalm revolves around the idea of gratitude. And so um, I think for some of us who maybe are deconstructing our faith, um, this subject is going to be a little hard um, just because there's some assumptions that are made about your relationship with God, um, and I get that. And so we'll kind of try to address those as we go, but also want to encourage you to um, to remember that um, not everything that we're deconstructing is bad, right? That there are some things from our past, from our heritage that are good, they were just used in bad ways. And so I want to use some language, hopefully, that allows you to um, to see this in a, in a fresh eye, but also just a way to, to be cleansed with some of those ideas. But Psalm, uh, our lives overflow with gratitude um, when we're convinced that God loves us, okay? Um, that's kind of where we're starting from, is this idea that gratitude can flow forth from us when we recognize that God loves us. Um, so first off, we're going to start in Psalm 136, verses 1 through 3. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lord. His love endures forever. Now, this Hebrew verb for give thanks... Um, conveys this idea of verbally acknowledging something. This this thankfulness is more than just like an attitude, right? Um, and so it's this, this, this verbally saying something. But then the refrain, his love endures forever, um, it forms the basis for this command to thank God. So the Hebrew word for love here is hesed. Right, um, and there's other words for love in the Hebrew, like dod is kind of like the erotic love, and some other words as well. But but hesed is translated um, steadfast love. It's kind of this idea of love and loyalty, or or the or concept of covenant love. Co- covenant love. 
Um, God's steadfast love is forever. It's not temporal. It's not conditional. It's this, it's this hound that's always hunting you down, right? It's this, it's this idea that it's never, ever going to give in because of who or what you do. And so the person who is convinced of the loyal love of God has a heart that overflows with gratitude. But the truth is, how, how do we how do we recognize that God loves us? How do we move forward with this idea that if, if I'm going to be grateful, then I've got to recognize that God loves me? Um, and again, um, I'm just using this Psalm 136 to kind of convey these things. And so there's some things you might agree with, some might you disagree with, but this comes from this Psalm kind of all packed into one. And so the first point um, is that we know God loves us because he created everything around us. Um, and so the psalmist picks up in verse 4. He says this, To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the, govern the night, his love endures forever. <clears throat> and so this idea, this verse, um, these verses are kind of a poetic reflection of God's creation of heaven and earth. And so the idea is if God created everything around us, then everything around us belongs to God. In Psalm 24, 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And so the idea just to begin with is that, that the things around us, the things we see, proclaim that God loves us, that he made those things for us. And and I think for me, this is this resonates loudly. This is one of those that's cheesy, but it also it just it's just real to me because when I go out into creation, when I when I go hiking, or when I climb a mountain, or when I'm out fishing, or when I'm when I'm out just in nature, there's something that calls out to me. There's this essence of peace. There's this essence that this is right. And I think it's just simply the idea that this was made for me because God loves me, that, that, that he created things around us. And so so the idea is, is that the creation around us proclaims, screams out that God loves us, which then takes us back to the idea of gratitude, right? Um, just kind of something to think about. If you were to rewrite the, these verses 4 through 9, what parts of creation would you mention, Right? What, what parts, what, you know, because each one of us has something in creation that stands out to us that we love. Some of us love water. Some of us love the, the woods. Some of us love mountains. You know, I know some people even just in, appreciate the desert or whatever it might be, right? So there's all kinds of things around us. But what around you um, screams that God loves you through his creation? The second one is this. We know God loves us because he saved us. He saves us. Um... So here in verse 10, it picks up. Remember, this is after they've been brought back from Babylon, the exile of Babylon. They've been in Babylon for a long, long, long time, years, hundreds of years, right? 
So to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. And brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, his love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance. His love endures forever. An inheritance to his servant Israel, his love endures forever. He remembered us in our low estate. His love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. So every Passover, the Jewish people have a meal with their family and friends and retell the story of their salvation. God heard the Israelites' cries for deliverance from servitude to the Egyptians and brought them into the promised land. By remembering God's provision of salvation, the Israelites are reminded of his enduring love. I love, this is one of the things I love about the Jewish heritage, this idea of having these feasts that are very intentional, that you you walk through the feast and it reminds you of certain things. And we have that in our own Christian faith. You know, we take communion, do those other things, but it's one of those things that it's easy. It's easy to lose the meaning of it, right? When you do it over and over and over again. But it is this remembrance that, that God, you know, and I think what's even important is that God has saved us. And when we talk about saved us, it might not be us in the immediate, right? It's remembering what God has done in the past. Because a lot of the Jews who take the past were, weren't around, right, when, when Israel was saved from the Egyptians. But they still proclaim it as their own salvation. And the idea that Jesus saved us from our servitude uh, to sin, that he is our Passover lamb. So we can know God loves us because he brought us into this new covenant with himself and guides us toward this new coming kingdom, this new earth, right? And so we, we get that in John 3.16, um, that we are, we are saved um, because of God's grace and his gift. And, you know... Um, Robin did an incredible job of reminding us that he's thankful because of the grace that's shown to him. And then that's it's the grace that, you know, that that we're saved, that not because of who we are, but simply because who God is, that He He has saved us in the past, He's saved us in the present, and He saves us in the future. That it is this essence of grace that that envelops us. And that that savingness, that being saved is an example of why God loves us. Because we know, um, we don't deserve it. We know who we are. We know the things we do. We know the thoughts we have. But yet God still saves us. And finally, um, point number three. We know God loves us because he provides for us. And so the last part of Psalm 123 says this. He remembered us in our low estate. His love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every cre- creature His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. And so, 
The author thinks of his own circumstance as he writes the psalm. And Israel is returning from Babylon. He sees God's present provision as a sign of his love. God's love for us is evidence in his provision for our lives in the big and the small things, right? And so so this idea that, that the writer recognizes that they've been brought from Babylon, they're coming back to home, and they may not have big homes, they may not have a big cities, might, things might be torn down, but the small little things God has provided. And Brenda did an incredible job of reminding us that, that it's, it's the big things that we can be thankful for, but also just the, the mundane, just the things, just the food, just the, the, the air we breathe, waking up the next day, right? Those are things that we see where God has given those things to us. And in that, we see that God loves us. Now, I think we do have to stop for just a moment and, and recognize that there are moments in our lives where it's hard for us to see that God loves us, you know, to feel like we're saved, to feel like we're provided for, you know, to, to feel that His presence is around. And, and I think we acknowledge this, um, that that's a part of what it means to have a spiritual journey, to, to be in those moments. But I think if we can hold on to anchors, things like this, that they can remind us in those hard times when God doesn't seem present or when it doesn't feel like He loves us, that we can go to a, verse, to this, a chapter like this and be inspired. Um, because you see, our awareness of God's love, it can't help but overflow as gratitude. And as it was hinted at today, this idea that, that people who live a gracious life, people who see life through gratitude, are people that people want to be around, right? Um, that, 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 that makes us better. It makes us um, just a, a better person in society of, of people that we can, can be thankful for. Um, a saying goes, gratitude can turn an ordinary meal into a feast, a house into a home, and a stranger into a friend. A life of gratitude is a life well lived. So that's the challenge for us this week, um, that we be people who live lives of gratitude, who turn fast food meals into feasts, who turns our homes, our houses into homes, and people we come in contact with, strangers, into friends. That we are people who other people want to be around because we are thankful. And so you can't close a lesson like this without saying, what are you thankful for? What has God, what around you can you see that God has created? What around you can you recognize that God has saved you from? And what around you can you can you be thankful for because of what he's provided? Um, maybe you need to write it out. Maybe you just need to list it in your head. But may you, may we be people who live life well lived because of our gratitude. Have a great day. Grace and peace.